Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. On this week's episode, I, Aaron Gerke, and Kevin Bender are back together after a few weeks uh, being apart, and uh, we have a conversation as we hop back into the story uh, about Solomon and wisdom. So as we open up this conversation, we pray that God's word will come to you and that you, like Solomon, would also ask for God to help make you wise. We really hope you enjoy this conversation. Hey, cheers, Kevin. Morning, Aaron. Happy New Year, buddy. Dude, 2022. It's been a while, like a whole, I don't know, a year or so. I haven't talked to you in here since last year. Oh, man. That joke never gets old. (laughs) We haven't, though. You and I have not conversated in a while. Yeah, because you talked with Greg. Yeah, before Christmas. Yep. Yeah, and then you talked with Don. That's right. A little Christmas break. Then, yeah, I talked to Don last week, so. Yeah. Well, nice to have you back, buddy. Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah. I had a little little vacay to Minnesota, and um, so so today I'm wearing the shirt that you and I both have. That's right. And I knew it was safe to wear it today because you wore it yesterday. That's so, right. you know, as long as we can keep alternating uh, what days we wear it. Uh, that was funny when we was that that was on was the, the Sunday right after right after Christmas because yeah. I got this shirt for Christmas and. Uh-huh. I didn't even, somehow I didn't even know that you had it. I mean, not, not that I pay attention to what your shirts look like. Well, it's fairly new. I mean, I got, Molly got it for me maybe like a month earlier. You yeah. Know? Like, not crazy. There it And then we walked into church and bingo, bingo. There it We're was. in the same stuff. Uh, I guess that means we've been working together long enough that we start dressing alike. Yeah. So. Is that what happens? Yeah. Okay. Doesn't it? I don't you start dressing like your wife and. And people like, they start looking like their dogs. Yeah. Dogs. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I suppose you. I suppose you do. You know, just in general, you absorb like the people who you are around. You do uh-huh. take on. We take on traits and characteristics and things of. I know, think that's true. That which we surround ourselves with. I think that's true. That sounds that like true. I feel like you could condense that into a pity saying that would be useful for walking through life. But like what? Bad company corrupts good character. Oh, or good company corrupts bad character. Redeems bad character. Ooh, there we go. Ooh, All right. Maybe. Yeah. That's bad theology. Yeah, probably. <laughs> hey, so we're hopping back into the story. We had a little bit yeah. of a break from, from the story, but at, at St. Peter and Paul, we're, we're continuing this journey through the Bible. And mm-hmm. it was a bit of good, I don't know. I, I've just uh, enjoyed the steady walk through the scriptures and. Uh, every time we do this, it's just kind of this reminder of this the consistency of the narrative of God's story uh, throughout the Bible. And so this last week, you were preaching about about Solomon, uh, David's son with Bathsheba, uh, the third king of Israel, the the, the wise guy. Yeah, right? yeah. So you spent quite a bit of time talking about um, about wisdom, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, how did you how did how did you talk? Because I've I've taught on this before too, um, and kind of a, the difference between um, knowledge and wisdom. Okay. What did what did you say? Yeah, you about that? kind of at, at the beginning of the sermon, like one of the definitions I'd heard of wisdom was applied knowledge. Okay. So like knowledge being yeah, you can learn and collect a whole lot of things up here, mm-hmm. but wisdom is taking that 
sorry, if you're listening and not yeah. seeing this, uh, knowledge is stuff stored in your head mm-hmm. uh, that you learn, but wisdom is actually taking that stuff that's in your head and now applying it to your life uh, uh, so as right. to, I guess, make your life run a little smoother. <clears throat> yeah, because yeah. sometimes I talk about it too, like like that with the head, that yeah. knowledge is in the head, but then wisdom is kind of head and heart mm-hmm. um, and hands, right? I mean, it's the same deal, the applied stuff, but yeah, because um, there are a lot of people I mean, even the devil uh, knows about God, right? Um, a lot of people know things about the Bible, but mm-hmm. don't live their lives according to it, right? Right. So there's something different between between knowledge and wisdom. But I think that there's also no there's no wisdom without knowledge either. Yeah. Right. So these things go hand in hand. Right. <clears throat> and I actually notice that in Proverbs. Because um, I think in your sermon you talked about Proverbs chapter nine, mm-hmm. where uh, Solomon says, uh, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in uh, chapter one, in Proverbs chapter one, he actually says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge." Oh yeah. So, uh-huh. um, so Solomon says both things, uh, and it's it's true, I think. So yeah, uh, that having that posture uh, in in God's presence. Uh, allows us one to know about him, but to 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 apply it, and that's something that. So this, I was noticing this kind of about wisdom in general from lots of sources, which is this idea about humility. Like you just said, Solomon is you know he's kind of posturing this humbleness before yeah. God, right? And um, so other philosophers, like I don't, Socrates wasn't a Christian, right? No. no. Okay, so yeah, I don't know much about Socrates, but I know he said this. He said that. Uh, like true wisdom is to know that you know nothing. Mm. That's like his famous quote, right? Okay. And in Proverbs at the beginning, uh, Solomon he kind of starts out like with this like narrative about a son listening to his father, mm. right? Which is kind of I mean, it's a there's a humbleness to that, right? Like you mm-hmm. don't receive if you're not humble, you don't receive instruction. You right. just say, I don't, don't right. tell me what to do. Right. I know better than you, Dad. Right. <laughs> You don't know what it's like to be me, Dad. Right. I never said any of those things. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> um, you know, so so there is, even like secularly, people realize there's, humility is like associated with wisdom. If you walk in knowing you, thinking you know it all, you'll tend to fall. This is why like pride cometh before the yeah, fall, right? Yeah, yeah. There's that proverb. Yeah, um, yeah so it's, it's interesting that uh, uh, that there's this humility associated. in Solomon, um really shows it because he actually calls himself a child. Mm-hmm. We, we looked at his dream, right? Uh, so that was the text from Sunday. Solomon has this dream. He's in Gib- Gibeon sacrificing. There's no temple yet because he hasn't built it. Yeah. So he's in Gibeon sacrificing God. He has his dream. And in the dream, Solomon's like, uh, yeah, I'm kind of like a kid. God, right. I'm a child. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't right. know how to come in or how to go out. Right. You know, it's like, it's a very humble yeah. statement. Didn't you say he was about 20? That time? Yeah, that's what. Uh, yeah, basically, by <clears throat> looking at other people's lives around him, uh, they deduce his age should be either nineteen or twenty when yeah. he took the throne. Yeah, I was having a conversation uh, about that. Um, well, at, at our Bible class at church, mm-hmm. and the conversation was: it's pretty remarkable that Solomon, at, as a twenty-year-old, uh, has that kind of uh, humility mm-hmm. and that kind of that kind of prayer and that kind of posture before God, because. Most twenty-year-olds, or at least as we imagine them now, are or remember ourselves. You as know, them. think that we know it all, and that the people who are the wise ones who have been around the block, that they're just 
that they're dumb, that they don't know anything, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and even in the biblical story, interestingly, this next king, so Solomon's kid, Rehoboam, right. at the very start of his kingship, he's going to get counsel from mm-hmm. an old crew yeah, yeah. and then from a young yep. crew, and he goes with the young guys, yeah. and it totally blows up yeah. in his face. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it is remarkable that Solomon at, at this young age is posturing, modeling humility. Right, right. Because somebody, somebody also said um, a, a lot of times in, in life, I think wisdom, wisdom generally, if, if we're humble, co- does come with age because we're forced into humility. Mm-hmm. You know, just based on life experiences where mm-hmm. things are out of control, out of, out of your own control. And it's just like, I don't, I've got nothing, you know, like I have, I have no idea what I'm doing. God, without you, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. But a lot of times that I think it's hard to truly be in that place of humility until it's sometimes been like forced upon you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I don't know. I, th- I think that's why just naturally we talk about, I, oh, I think what, what, I, what I'm trying to say is that the, the people that we think of in this world that are, that we would define as wise, or if I said, who's somebody in your life that's wise, yeah. likely you're thinking of somebody probably older, yeah, right? Yep. Mature, that's lived some life that just kind of has this, just this understanding, this patience, this gentleness, this humility. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that goes a long ways. Yeah. So, so it's it's something for Solomon to be at a place at such a young age where he's posturing himself before God, saying, "I, I don't know anything," you know. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose older folks have had more time in their life to have applied their knowledge, right, for mm-hmm. better or worse, right? Yeah. Like they've lived it out. They had ideas that they thought this is how the world works, mm-hmm. and then they learned this isn't how the world works, you know. And as a young person. You had, just haven't had that uh, had that time yet, right? I th- I find it interesting too that, and we see this with God so often. Like, it tends to be those like harder times, or like those life breakdown times. Mm-hmm. Like God, He kind of shows up a lot in those moments. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, I know it from my own life, for sure. I actually think that's uh, that's why I have gray hairs on my beard and in my hair. You don't have any yet because you're still a young man, Kevin. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do like to say that those are my source of wisdom. So, you know, that's a that's a positive spin on it. So, yeah. <clears throat> but no, I mean, it's in, I mean, we talk about things like that, like those like gray hairs are earned, you know, yeah. like um like it comes through some of those stressful hard learning moments, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but <clears throat> I think this is the one this is what we need to learn about our our god is that he is always the same for us he is always god and we are always his children and i think um that's at least i don't know if you didn't say those words in your sermon but that that was where you were trying to get us to like that jesus is the the king above all kings he is Mm -hmm. the lord Mm -hmm. above all lords Mm -hmm. he is our highest priority above all our priorities um, or he needs to be, and then all the rest of that stuff falls in into place. Yep. Um, and God is, he is always God and we are always his. It's just sometimes we, we, we just like to kick him out. You know, we like to say, no, to I usurp think, the throne. Yeah. 
to redefine good and evil, like Adam and Eve in the garden. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's so true. Like the, all these stories in the Bible to me are, they ring so true because we experience them ourselves. And sometimes it's like, to me, it's really wild how unconsciously it happens, like mm-hmm. unthinkingly, you know? It's not like I set out and start my day by saying, God, today, I'm not going to trust you because I don't, I'm going to trust myself. I think I'm more credible than you are, God. You know, it's not like I actively think that. I don't think anyone, well, maybe there's some people who are just like vehemently against God, you know, who would say something like that. But as a Christian person or someone who's trying to follow God, it's not like you wake up and you're like, yeah, today I'm going to go against everything you've said, you know, but then find myself doing things where it's like, wait a minute, God has said something about this. And it's different than the way I'm thinking about it. Why am I, why am I doing this? Right. You know? Or why did I think that this thing, you know, was actually going to uh, play out better than it is or, or pay out, you know? Um, there's so many things where it's like we chase after them, I guess. And this is so in the wisdom literature, right? yeah. we, have, we have Proverbs and we kind of just stayed in Proverbs this week. Uh-huh. But then there's also Ecclesiastes and Job. I think those are the three. Is Well, Song of Solomon. Is that considered right. wisdom literature? I believe so. I know it's part, um, it's part of the Ketuvim. Yeah. Um, but like Ecclesiastes, like Proverbs is like, hey, listen here if you want some just like good advice mm. for your life every day. Yeah. But then Ecclesiastes gets a little darker yeah. into kind of like, what is it? What are, why are we, what are we chasing all these things for? Mm-hmm. And kind of the foolishness and running around and chasing after all these things that kind of, I don't know, they're shiny and they look nice. And it's like, we think if we have them. Yeah then our life will somehow just be like perfect forever. Yeah. You know? And it's like, and you can do that with lots of stuff. I mean, when I was talking about, I don't think I said this in first service, but in second service, I made some comment about, um, well, I made the comment in both services about when you're trying to force romance, yeah, yeah. you're not going to find your girlfriend. Uh-huh. Right? And, uh, and then in the second service, I said something like, I wish I knew that in, in high school. Uh-huh. I made some joke about yeah. that, but it's kind of true. Like in high school, I was all, I, all these friends of mine, you know, we're dating and relationships, and I just felt like a loser. Okay. You know? And I thought that if I had a girlfriend, oh, my life would just be perfect. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. be complete, be no problems. Learned a little yeah. you know, <laughs> more about that. But um, I don't, you know, why? Why do we imagine that this, that, or the other thing is actually going to usher in everlasting peace and hope and, yeah. and, and love and good things? You know, I don't know. But yeah, I... Uh, years back, I I did a sermon series on on Ecclesiastes, mm. and I filmed a little video of it because because he talks about it's like um, like vanity, it's like chasing after the wind. Yeah. So my my daughter Hazel was probably like, I don't know how old she was. I'm gonna say like three, and I'm just going by the the memory in my head of her in this video. But I videoed her uh, chasing after bubbles. So my kids, mm-hmm. you know, you, you blow bubbles with a bubble wand and they, they chase after them. They just, kids love that, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but it's it's just, it's kind of funny and it's silly because it's, it's like, I got to get this biggest bubble. Like that's, the kids always are like, I get the biggest one, you know, and then, and then it's gone. You know, it's just, it's just a, just a chasing after the wind, you know, essentially. Yeah. And then it, it's fleeting. Um, as soon and, as and they so, touch it, it pops. Yeah. And so that's that's this image that I have of like all this yeah. this pursuit of um, vain things in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, why 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 is that? And I think I think it's simple. I mean, it's a 
it's a lack of contentment, mm-hmm. letting God be God and being his, his creature, mm-hmm. you know, um, because a lack of contentment, um, being content with what God has given to you leads you to pursue all the things that you think are right in your own eyes, right? Instead mm-hmm. of just, you know, uh, accepting what, what God gives to you. And that's not to say like that we shouldn't pursue things or, or work on things. Like, right, right. Sometimes, sometimes Christians get it a little backwards, like, like thinking that we just have to far. be, we just have to be completely passive, yeah, you know? It's life. just like, like that's what faith, like people would think that's what faithfulness is. Like mm. I will never put my skills to, to work or to use. I'll just let, let, well, I'll wait for God to give me the direction, you know, and open up the heavens and shine his light down from the clouds, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, the, there's something to letting God be God, being his, his person, acknowledging that, that that is the reality, and then saying, all right, Lord, put me to work, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. give me your wisdom as I make decisions, you know, let me, let me live like you and speak your word in this world. Um, but keeping that prioritization correct is, is huge. I was having a conversation with somebody um, after, after you preached um, from the church and they were just saying I that that there was a super necessary message mm-hmm. uh, for this person <clears throat> because um, he was just saying I, I I know what my highest thing is mm-hmm. um, and it's not God mm-hmm. you know and it, it's just like I I said my, my prayer will be for you that there can be a reorientation um, of that you know so we we talked about it briefly but yeah, I really like your language of of being discontent because that's super relatable. And it sounds like, you know, so often what we do when we're discontented is we, maybe we fixate on whatever the thing we feel like is lacking in our life. We're mm-hmm. like, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm discontent because I don't have that. Yeah. And, it, and then we start to think, if I had that, I wouldn't be discontent. Yeah. That's what I want. Give it to me. Yeah. You know, I, or let me go. I, why can't I have it, you know? <clears throat> right. and, and maybe, like, talking about God being God and us being his children maybe the bigger discontentment is is one that's actually with god mm. right if, if we're recipients and we have to be careful with this because again like you're saying we still apply our skills and our you know our, mm. our abilities to things we're not completely passive in this but um but maybe it's possible that we're kind of we're kind of mad at god you know mm. because our life looks a certain way and like in any other relationship when you're kind of like frustrated a person you know what's not helpful is to never like deal with it and just kind of let it simmer right underneath mm-hmm. the surface like it starts affecting how you act around the, that person you know because there's like this issue that you just haven't sorted out with them but if you sort it out if you just bring it up and talk about it half the time maybe more i find out like the person's like oh i didn't even realize we had like this there was a yeah, problem and right. like hey no big deal you know right. and they kind of clear it up and it's like oh geez well, i feel way better now. yeah you know i wonder if if that doesn't happen sometimes like i know i have been there with god um where i've just been yeah, I just really discontent in my life. And it for me, at least, it took I mean, kind of like in a Job-like way, throwing it at God. Hmm. And then it was just like it, it was just like a way to help clear, I guess, the the air between us and like and you kind of come through it at the end, not really realizing <laughs> you go into it kind of like I mean, we all feel like we're right, you know, or like we have a right to something. Yeah. And at the end of the, you, like if you read Job, you know you're never going to win that conversation. Yeah. But but you you do learn 
and I think you grow in your, in your, I don't know, I don't want to be prescriptive about it and say, this is what you have to go and do. But I just know in my life, when I have been at some of the most discontent moments of my life, it has been really helpful for me to take that discontentment and just, just broach it with God, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like, He's the one who doles out all things. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like, you know, hey, the sparrows and the birds and, you know, like he'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like you're not being taken care of, well, talk to him about yeah. it. You know, don't just, I guess what I'm afraid of is I won't, I don't want people to let that simmer uh-huh. like it does in lots of relationships, like human relationships yeah. and become a block to your relationship with God, huh. you know, because I feel like it, it always goes so much better when you just talk about whatever it is that's making you discontent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I hadn't really thought about you know, why we chase after these things from a, from a discontented perspective, but that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, excuse me. It goes back to the original sin of Adam and Eve in the garden too. Mm -hmm. I mean, their sin is essentially discontentment, you know? Yeah. Like they had what God had given them. Yeah. And then they're tempted with something, something else, something better, supposedly. Right. You know? Something he hadn't given them anyway. Yeah. Like there was a yeah, trust factor in there. Like, well, I don't know. This other thing. Yeah. I mean, so it's pretty pretty simple if you just b- kind of boil it down um, what the what the problem is. Um, yeah, Solomon, man. Let's just kind of come back full circle to him, yeah. though. Because um, he... He is a he is a phenomenal leader, you know, with his wisdom, mm-hmm. um, and he was also a a builder. You know, that's how, how I've heard it said about Solomon. I mean, yeah. he built a remarkable palace. He built a temple. He built uh, relationships and allies. He he built all this. He built tons of stuff. You know, yeah. um, and it, he was world renowned for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so, like you even mentioned, the Queen of Sheba from way down south came up to see his wisdom and then actually praised uh, this God, this Yahweh, this God of Israel uh, herself, which is uh, just fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, the whole, the whole temple idea, I mean, we didn't talk about that that much um, mm. in the, in the sermon. And I don't know that we need to talk about it a ton, but was there anything in, in, in your reading or research that, that you were thinking about with, with the temple in general or not really? No, not really. Go there. Not right. really. I, well, yeah, I didn't think about going there. But I mean, yes, there's always so much, you know, like that's that's the one hard thing, I think, you know, like as we charge these weeks, it's uh, like we're covering a lot of ground. But it, it's a huge moment. I mean, we talked, I almost talked about it more with David who didn't build the temple, you know, like yeah. back when he was wanting to build God, the temple. But Solomon does it. And when he does, God like rushes in upon it, right? Yeah. Big celebration. It's kind of cool. I think then Solomon like pray and ask God. Like to, like he's kind of like asking God to have His presence be known. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was, <clears throat> the temple is, um, one example of what God does consistently throughout the scriptures, which is He, um, He is present and He, He He, uh, he locates fills, Himself. Yeah, He fills. Yeah. He, he He comes and <clears throat> so so I can create in the days of creation. There's days of forming and there's days of filling and, mm-hmm. and God does the same thing in the tabernacle. They build the tabernacle and then he fills it. Now they build the temple and he fills it. He'll do it most fully with Jesus, right? Uh, when yeah. he comes and takes on our presence and Interesting. ultimately in all, <clears throat> all of eternity, we will be in his presence, totally filled up by him. So 
yeah, we don't need to dwell on it uh, maybe too much, but uh, the temple with the temple was built with Solomon in mm-hmm. 590. I read some different dates, 597, something like that. Um, it must be before that, right? Because, well, I mean, Solomon was like close to 1000 BC because it's getting destroyed. Oh, I'm not right? 597, nine, nine. I've got 950. Seven. Oh, I think. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same numbers, different yeah. number. Yeah, nine fifty-seven yeah. or nine seventy-five, maybe. Golly, one of the two. Well, no, no. You look it up. Yeah, <laughs> I had it yesterday. Now I forgot. I have to look it up. Um, but but yeah, and that's. I mean, I'm trying to think. Prior to this, Jerusalem isn't necessarily any sort of big place for God's people. Right? I mean, David kind of sets up there. David did. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yep. Solomon's dad. So like. Jerusalem and all all that surrounds Jerusalem, this is kind of pretty new and fresh at this time. Yeah. But becomes obviously and even still today. This is the weird thing. I don't know. To me, this blows me this blows me away. And maybe for the average listener it won't. But just I don't know, listener, think to yourself, do you ever marvel at wow, people are still like fighting over this land over in Jerusalem? Uh-huh. Like sometimes it's like sometimes when I read the Bible, it's like my mind gets transported to some other not that I don't think it's real. Of course I believe it's real. Yeah. But I forget that, like, dude, it took place down here. Yeah, right. It's this world, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Whoa, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so anyways, there's a temple built in Jerusalem. and Yep, and this is the one that will be there until um, it's destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. Um, but we'll get there. Yeah. Get there eventually. To so. come in the story. Yeah. Well, looking forward to it, man. Looking forward yeah. to tracking the... Uh, Dragging ahead and, uh, uh, yeah, keep cruising with God's people. And yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it's good chatting with you as always. And uh, time for you to get a few uh, gray hairs on your head. Huh? Yeah. Well, not too soon. All right. <laughs> Take care.